Hi there! Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences that I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Call to Marriage. We are in our marriage military marriage boot camp series, which is all about building up your marriage tool belt, loaning um, different resources about how to make your marriage as strong as possible. And so with me, I have brought back Jayla Ray, which if you are a uh, reoccurring listener, if you're a subscriber, you'll know she was here last week to talk about later in uh, career military spouses. And so What we are going to talk about this week is a blended family marriage and what that looks like from a military perspective. So Jayla Ray, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are, that would be fantastic. Thanks, Callie. I'm so excited to be back. (laughs) Um, So my name is Jayla Ray Ardley. I go by Jayla Ray and I am a mill spouse mentor, writer, speaker, and currently living in San Antonio, Texas. And my work focuses on supporting the male spouse with former dreams to re-spark their inner purpose. I use a lot of empowered action and personal development tools. I am an army spouse and we've been together for about six years now, married for four. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a stepmom to four children. <laughs> <laughs> so a very large blended family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would love for you to walk our the listeners through um, your family story and what's that what that has been like. Um, I know in our previous episode talking about a later in career spouse, I think typically when people think of a marriage, spe- specifically a military marriage, it's you know the fresh out of boot camp, eighteen year olds you know, living life super young, baby at 19 and just following this pattern. But there are a lot of us who get married a little bit later, who either don't have our own kids or there's already been a marriage before and and what that has looked like. So I'd love for you to kind of walk through what your family story has looked like. Yeah. So, well, when we first met, I I have to be a hundred percent honest and say that I was totally freaked out that he had kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, think that that was going to be a part of my path, which is kind of ironic because I was raised by step parents. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I I came from a blended family. I just didn't know that I was going to be stepping into one myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was unique about it was that he had two biological children of his own. And in his former marriage, he was a stepdad to two children. And when that marriage ended, um, it was clear that he was still going to remain a prominent father figure to those two older girls. Um, He had spent like basically most of that marriage being the primary father figure to them anyway. So Mm. it's a very um, blended family already that I was stepping into. Um, And I wasn't sure at first 
how I would be received by those two older girls because technically I'm not their stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm their stepmom now. And I know that they would describe me that way, even though that label probably um, would confuse other people. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't sure how that was going to shake out. Um, his two biological children were young. They were four and six when I first met them. So they were just, you know, when kids are at that age, like they just think of you as like a new friend, you know, mm-hmm. they're not really like, <laughs> they're not so concerned with why are you here? What's, what's happening? They're more like, oh, someone new is here. Someone new I can talk to. Someone new I can ask 50 questions in a row. <laughs> But why? (laughs) But why? Yes. The why question came up a lot. Um, So it was a really interesting situation in the beginning. Um, I would say too that uh, me and his ex-wife kind of started off on a little bit of shaky ground. It took us a while to get into our flow and to figure Mm -hmm. out how we were all going to co-parent respectfully to one another. Right. and I never wanted to walk into the situation and make the children feel as though um, I was anything other than a bonus person in their life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here to replace anybody, to claim any space that was not my own or to, you know, just, I, that's not what I was there for. I was just there yeah. to <laughs> meet them, hopefully um, build our relationship over time and yeah, now that it's been six years, um, wow, a lot has changed. <laughs> the family, <laughs> the family dynamic has changed um, more than once. Uh, for example, the two older girls are adults now, and so they are almost out on their own and not even living with their mom anymore. So that's like an additional <laughs> layer. Yeah. So when we visit the younger kids, um, we often don't get to see the older girls for longer periods of time. So Mm. there's that whole element as well. (laughs) Definitely. I love the term. And I think it's almost a newer term too, that you mentioned where you're a bonus parent. I think that (laughs) has been this, this sort of newer attitude towards the blended family, family dynamic. And I love that because that's exactly what you are. You're this bonus person that gets to invest in, in their lives. And I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I don't know that I like actually describe myself that way, but the more I hear the term, the more it makes sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm an additional person that they can love and that I can pour my love into. And yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Which is phenomenal. And so Circling back to sort of what you said at the beginning was when you had first looked into it, you were a little freaked out. It was probably a little overwhelming to process being like, oh my gosh, this isn't for me. This isn't what I wanted. And there may have been some stigmas that you had in the back of your mind about what a blended family would look like. So for our listeners, what was one stigma that you were told or that you had thought about, you know, looking into being coming part of this blended family um, and how did it turn out to be maybe not what you had expected? Yeah, I think one stigma is that the children are living incredibly chaotic and unstable lives Mm -hmm. as a result, and that the parents must also be creating these environments for their kids. And while I do think this can happen, especially in the wake of a divorce, 
things tend to calm down after a while Mm -hmm. and settling into routines in two different households is possible for kids. Um, And it's so funny because, I mean, I'm a child of divorce. I, I know how chaotic that kind of felt at the time that it happened and then learning how to split my time between my mom and my dad. And that never ends. I mean, I'm in my thirties and I still have to split time with my mom and my dad. So, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um, but I just, I think it's possible that for the children to settle into routines into two different homes. And I was really nervous about it. I was really nervous that I wasn't going to create a stable and unchaotic environment for them to, to be a part of. Um, cause it wasn't just them being around their dad. It was them being around their dad in a new relationship. And he had built, he had built a new life with me. So this was, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a lot. Um, but I think sometimes I feel like I'm the one who needs a reminder that the kids truly love being with us. And the fact that it's very different from being with their mom is not a bad thing. It's actually good that they get variety and, I think for blended families, the sooner you can um, recognize that, that them having like kind of reframe it a little bit, like the fact that they get to have variety and they get to have two different types of situations builds resilience and Mm -hmm. it makes them, um, it makes them look forward to do, to like two different sets of experiences um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot wrapped up in there. We could probably talk about that for like an hour. <laughs> there's a lot of growth that they get to experience in a, yeah. I think a little bit faster than maybe a quote unquote normal household child would, because they do get that variety and they do get that resilience. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that is something, especially if you don't even have kids, a military spouse could relate to because you're having to new, like learn new routines and learn new places and do new things quickly in a short period of time. So I like that mirror aspect of it. So with that, talking about military spouses and blended families in the military community, I think blended families in any circumstance is a unique, different experience on its own. But what are some of the unique challenges that you feel military blended families face? Because I think there's a lot that can be packaged into that, especially with you know, PCSing and schools and figuring things out and moving and new people and new faces all the time. So what can that look like? Yeah, it's, it's exactly the PCSing that's very unique about it. Um, I think if we were parents who were not in the military, we would just relocate to a new state on our own timeline. We would do it solo and then we would take the kids on after we settled. But we often don't get afforded that luxury because we are on a summer PCS cycle and that's when the kids are out of school. And that's also when, you know, typically my husband can take a little bit longer chunk of leave. So it all collides at the same time. And I I remember when we moved from um, New York City here to Texas, and I remember begging my husband, like, can we just can we just move? Can we just, we were doing a Diddy move. So I was mm. like, just get the truck yep. to Texas and unload and then go get the kids in Colorado. But I'm sure geographically you can picture in your head how that didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I'm not going to lose out on an extra nine days with them. And at the time that was a really hard pill for me to swallow, but 
now I 100% embrace that and understand that time is so precious already. And if it means they get to experience the PCS alongside us, there's ways to frame that so that it's an adventure and that it's exciting. And we do also take, you know, take trips while we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's sort of like that reward at the end too. It's like, oh man, the moving part really sucks, but then we get to go on a trip and do something really fun as a family. Um, and I would also say that it, I think it could be really easy to assume that the parents who are not the primary caregivers, when they experience military curveballs because the children don't live with us full time. I mean, you'd kind of wonder if they're even affected, but the answer is that they are 100% affected (laughs) because when our time is shortened and we're not given leave, like how we pictured or whatever curveball is being thrown at us, it's like taking the time you have with the kids and cut it into half and then cut it into quarters and then Mm -hmm. try explaining to the kids why their parents who only see them two or three times per year have even less time to spend with them. Um, It can be, it can be really heart-wrenching. So I think that, yeah, that the PCS cycle and, and how that fits into, you know, that summer time when we can be with the kids is, is really unique about the military family aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. And and two, I mean that even with a deployment, because I think with those, I think the argument could be made, well, you're you're only missing out on a little bit of time because you're gone for this period of time. But I think even from a communication aspect and just being open and being able to freely have that interaction, even that is is limited too, in a sense, I would feel. Yes. And we are about to go through that as a family. <laughs> um, my husband is about to deploy. So Um, yeah, that'll be another challenge that we have. Um, and I'm the, it's so interesting too, to think about the communication aspect because they don't, um, they go through their mom in order to talk to us typically, Mm -hmm. but now that my husband will be deployed, they are almost going to need to go through me because I'm going to have a better sense of scheduling and (laughs) when good times are and, you know, perhaps I'll take like a chunk of the time I know he's available and like conference in the kids and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Deployment throws such a large wrench (laughs) into everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that is a good point though, that you made that, you know, having to, to really schedule around all the different nuances, especially with time zone changes and work schedule changes, and they don't really get weekends off and they're still working on the weekends and Mm -hmm. figuring all that out. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah. So it'll be an experiment. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So with all of the things that you've learned with being, you know, blended family, you know, being married for as long as you have and, and having these bonus kids and these, this just blended family dynamic, what do you have in your marriage tool belt now to help you when things get challenging and when you hit these patches that are a little bit stickier in a marriage, especially one that is just has so much going on, positively so much going on, but there is still that aspect of it. So what would you say is in your marriage tool belt that's really helped you with going through all these different changes and, and updates and, and new adventures? 
Yeah, I would say there are two things that have really helped me. Um, the first is positive self-talk. And mm. when I say that out loud, I want to kind of vomit because I'm, <laughs> I'm like rolling my eyes about it. But that's how you can categorize it because I usually need to remind myself at some point during our visits with the kids that being tired is a normal parent thing and getting sick of saying no is a normal parent thing. But I think that when you're a step parent, there's this nagging feeling that maybe you're doing it wrong. Mm. Like you're not doing it how their mom would do it. So you second guess yourself. And I, I think that there's, there's a lot of comparative parenting, like parallels that happen. I do think that parents just think that way, even if they're not a step parent, they're like, oh, you know, my mom would have done it this way. Or like this other parent would have done it this way. But Whenever I find myself in these states, I usually need to like excuse myself for a few mm -hmm. minutes. Um, I, I usually need to cry it out and then I need to return with a fresh perspective um, and remind myself that um, there is more than one way to do something. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons I can help hopefully instill within them that even if we do things a little bit differently than their mom does, that does not mean it's bad. It just means that they're learning how to do, how to accomplish the same thing in more than one way, which again is also building a lot of, a lot more resilience. Yeah. Um, I think the second resource I found really helpful is to uh, talk to other stepmoms <laughs> and build my network and community of other mill spouse stepmoms. Um, I'm really lucky that uh, my boss at work is, is a military spouse, also a stepmom. And I remember when we met, there was just an automatic shared understanding of mm -hmm. what we were both going through. We were also both late career military spouses. Um, so we were stepping into a family structure that we weren't sure how we were gonna fit into. We just knew mm -hmm. that, we, that we wanted to be there. Um, and we both knew that it was going to take a lot of like time and adjustments. Uh, and she totally understands when I tell her like, Hey, um, I know I've only had the kids for like three days, but I'm already exhausted. I am already tired of saying no. I'm already feeling like I'm a horrible mom and like, I'm not doing this right. And yada, yada. And she's, you know, she's been great at, um, reminding me that, Hey, like, <laughs> they're not just going through an adjustment being with you. Like you're going through an adjustment being with them too. And it doesn't matter how many times we do this. Our energy is affected when you're used to your own schedule and then the schedule is thrown off. Um, so yeah, I've had, I've had the privilege of um, meeting some really incredible people who are also step parents. Um, I mean, like I said, my, my husband was a step parent as well. Um, so I definitely use him as a resource <laughs> at <Yes>. times. <laughs> I think I just asked him the other day. In fact, I was like, did you really understand parenting when you were a step parent or did you not get it until you had your own biological children? And I was referring to like understanding the phase of development they're mm. currently in. And he was like, no, I really didn't get it. <laughs> until I had my own kids and I grew up with them, you know, from infancy. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're, if you're out there and you are a step parent, um, 
in a military family dynamic, I would encourage you to connect with other step parents specifically. Um, I think that, you know, regular biological parents can provide such immense um, uh, value and advice but you need to be connecting with step parents too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That community is, is a powerful, powerful thing. Just having that tribe of people that know what you're going through is so helpful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. Well, Daily Ray, thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and sharing your story with the listeners. I think it's such an important topic that I don't think it's a lot of attention um, as maybe it should. And so I love that you were able to come on here and and tell us and walk us through it and talk about the different challenges. And so I would love for you to tell our listeners what you have going on and and where they can find you. Yeah. So I think I said earlier that my husband is about to deploy. Um, He'll be gone for a year. So (laughs) if you want to follow along on the journey, I'm on Instagram at mill.spouse. And you can also check out my website at uh, jlaray.com. Um, if you're a step parent too, uh, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram just to say, hey, so I know who you are and let me know, you know what you're currently struggling with um, and if there's anything I can do to help. And I love chatting with people. So come find me. That's awesome. And I will also be including uh, Jaylee Ray's links in the Instagram post description when this episode goes live. So if you are like, I didn't catch that, don't worry. She'll be tagged. It'll be in the description. You won't miss out. But again, Jaylee Ray, thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you to the Call to Marriage listeners. I'm so excited for you to be on this journey with us navigating this crazy life. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do not forget to rate and subscribe and leave a review. It honestly helps the podcast so much. If you have a military question, a marriage question, or just want to say, hey, you can feel free to email Call to Marriage at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at call to marriage. Again, thank you all so much for being on this journey with me. And I will talk to you all so soon. Bye.